So Luke 18. No, Luke 7. Luke 18 is tonight. That's a bad start, isn't it? <laughs> Luke 7. Luke 7, 36. Although, before we actually get into that, if you have your Bible open, just throw your eyes up to the beginning of the chapter, because I think um, we've got a great contrast here, and it might be a good idea, if, if you did want ideas for the Bible study this week, that you can actually look at something that's going on here and see the sim- similarities and the differences. And if, if, if there's the same thing, you can pick up. So in the beginning of the chapter, you've got this centurion whose servant is unwell, and he doesn't feel he's worthy even to be in Jesus' presence, but all the townsfolk think he's really worthy because of all the benevolence he's given to the synagogue and da-da-da-da-da. Got to read the story. Save that for Wednesday. Um, and here you've got this contrast as we flip down to verse 36 where you've got another person in that community and people have got a very different opinion about her. And you see Jesus' response to, to, to both these characters. So what I love about the scriptures and how he just opened them and what's really helpful, isn't it, when you try and get your mind's eye there and you try and get yourself into the dynamic. And we're certainly going to try to achieve that this morning. Um, we've got to go beyond kind of our view of outdoor eating and barbecues to something slightly different, but we kind of get the sort of the idea of where we're going this morning. So we've got different characters, different opinions. Uh, we've got a gate crasher at a meal. <laughs> and we've got Jesus. And we've got his view of things. When you go down the chapter, even this phrase of Jesus, do you see this woman? On the key cap, do you see this woman? And as I read that, and, and as we explore it in a moment, we think, well, through what eyes are we seeing this? And you see the different eyes and, and the different attitudes. See, we judge people. Would you believe that our, our leader, and here we are as Christ followers, he says, do not judge, at least you be judged. Yet we, we judge people all the time. Someone once showed me, and, and you know, this finger. If you point a finger like that, look, you've got three <laughs> pointing back at you. <laughs> and it's just get the perspective. And how did our Lord even teach us about those moments where we are judging something to, to point something out so that they can be changed? He said, well, if you're going to deal with something, just think of it from the point that you've got a plank in your own eye to deal with before you've got to deal with a speck in someone else's. So even when we can biblically judge, we've got to do it with a whole different attitude of heart. That phrase, you can't judge a book by its cover, surely is true of people. As we read in Samuel 16, man looks out at the outward appearance, God looks at the heart. And you know, as we explore verses 36 to the end of the chapter, I would say both love God, both coming close to Jesus in different ways, and both are forgiven. But we see the view of things, the view of people, and the view of Jesus. Who is deserving? Who is undeserving? 
of God's mercy. Do you know, the more we focus on the whole aspect of the mercy of God, the less judgmental we become. It's all about grace. It's all about God's mercy. You know, it wasn't a surprise to Jesus when he came to earth to to see what humans were doing. Quite the opposite. It is while we were yet ungodly that Christ died for us. I was thinking this, and in, in our Western evangelical mentality, um, we've got to be really, really careful. Often it's like, well, I've said the prayer, I'm okay. <laughs> and again, as if we've done something. We lose sight of the truth that, it, that Jesus says, things like, you didn't choose me, I chose you to go and bear fruit. And yet when we've got our judgmental hats on and we're looking at other people who are out with the church or even within the fellowship of the believers and doing this or doing that or, or not journeying quite as we are, we're looking through the eyes, but we are looking on the outside. And it is only God, only God, who sees the inner heart. So we've got a lot to learn as we look at this story. There's that phrase, another phrase came to mind as I was looking at this, Jesus the friend of sinners. But who is the sinner here? Now the title, certainly I was reading from the NIV, it says Jesus anointed by a sinful woman. But actually as we read the story, it is Simon the Pharisee's sin that is highlighted So let's get into the story. Not been so many dinner parties in the last couple of years, have there? We've been kind of cautious. Well, I don't know, I'm assuming on the island it was the same as the mainland. Certainly, it's, it's just lovely seeing people. I, I've enjoyed, in a whole new level, seeing people in the co-op, do you know? <laughs> From that time when you just, I was just walking the dog once a day, a you know, year and a half ago. Um, but that whole socialising is so much better as as uh, restrictions gradually ease to just have that human contact. But certainly, if uh, we had opportunity, there's the phase of getting people into the garden. If we have gardens or meeting down the beach, and these took on a whole new, different level. Certainly spurred me on to finally do my patio. <laughs> And it was lovely. And uh, as I saw, I showed you pictures of uh, the last family wedding. That was great space when, even though it was a small gathering, uh, after the wedding and over that weekend, people could just mingle outside. Well, you need that sort of understanding as you think of this story. So Jesus is a dinner party. I want you to imagine kind of outdoor dining. Um... And of course, we're not thinking of our nice confined, you know, fenced or, or when, when we think of gardens here, we're thinking of fences, we're thinking of hedges. Uh, think about it a bit more open. And, and I'm imagining that it just wasn't out of the ordinary that you could, oh, Simon the Pharisee's got a do on again. <laughs> you knew about it. You could see it happening. And maybe you could come quite close 
It, it might have been that even some people rubbernecked and thought, oh, who's he got this time? I don't think I'm stretching it too far as I plant that, but that helps me to kind of understand the scene. I do wonder if it was a men-only event. You know, when you think of the culture, and we get clues of rabbis not talking to women, certainly by themselves, um, and we get these different clues. So I don't know if how alarming, was it just that it was the, this particular woman, or, or was it this kind of the inset? <laughs> I don't know. But equally... This character isn't invited and she turns up and there is a bit of a commotion. Whatever brought her to that place, she was a broken woman. And in her brokenness, she responded to Jesus with love. And in her brokenness, in her understanding of who he was, love flowed out of her. And all that she could do was cry and beautifully anointed Jesus' feet, kissed his feet in worship and honour. I do read that in that time, you know, when, when people were married, they put their hair up and didn't take it down again in public. So I don't know if there's something in that. We don't know anything of the story other than, so what was even the reaction that she's using her hair to dry his feet. So there's loads of cultural things we don't fully understand other than this isn't your usual outdoor party. It's changing. So even in our mind's eye, even if in the summer you had a barbecue and someone that wasn't expected turned up, let alone someone turned up and was behaving with one of the guests in a way that made people uncomfortable. Yet we can put ourselves there, can't we? We can understand that as we reflect on the story. So we've got a, but she's a repentant woman. She's described as a repentant woman. And Simon is described as a critical host. A repentant woman, a critical host. What do we know about him? Well, a teacher of the law. And again, as we read through the Gospels, we get clues, um, Respected members of the community, they're often known for shows of righteousness, even the way they were dressed. You know, Jesus makes reference to, you know, the, the longer tassels on the garments and, and fasting publicly. You know, there were shows, oh, I'm fasting today. You're down the marketplace and you saw a Pharisee fasting, you knew. This disheveled appearance. His hair, maybe ashes. They very often described by Jesus were people that prayed long prayers on street corners. This show of spirituality and false righteousness, self righteousness. Jesus actually never had a good word to say about the Pharisees, and in one point, Matthew 23 describes them as whitewashed. Tombs. Got this analogy again, what's on the outside, what's on the inside. So Simon, whatever was going on in his life, I mean, I don't want to paint him completely in that way. I'm just piecing together bits of scripture. And all that we've got in front of us is he doesn't get it. But Jesus wants him to get it. 
And isn't that another beautiful picture of our Lord, how he meets us where we are? He meets the repentant woman where she is, he meets Simon, if, we, if I'm calling him self-righteousness, self-righteous, and I'm judging him now. Um, but Jesus meets him where he is. So Simon has to journey in his understanding and his attitude of heart. Now the New Testament is very clear that when we see Jesus, we see God. Now Philip was challenged by that. Been with you all this time, you don't know yet. That, that me and the Father are the same thing. There is no hidden version of God behind Jesus. There's no hidden version of God behind Jesus. Begin with Jesus. Um, and I've been doing this a lot in, in the last couple of years, really. I've, I've been trying to read the scriptures through the lens of Jesus. And for me, it's been transformative. I've really enjoyed that challenge of, of right, let's just begin with Jesus, begin with the gospel, begin with my understanding of who Jesus is. And I love the pictures that Jesus paints of Father God, for example, when you're thinking of the lost son, the lost coin, the lost sheep, you know, this attitude of the seeking saviour. Well, Simon's not in that place at all. He, he's thinking even, oh, hold on a minute, I thought Jesus was a prophet. If he was a prophet, he would have known who this woman is. Verse 39. And he's been challenged, he's been confronted by grace and mercy. And he, no, this can't be God. So he's got a mindset. He, he knew the scriptures, he knew the old covenant, he was bathed in it. He taught it in the community. This is what God is like. Now Simon had to be challenged that the mercy of God extended to him is the mercy of God extended to this woman. And it's grace. And actually grace is throughout the Old Testament. It's not like it's different. It's there it's all about grace. Stop judging. Understand the gospel. Good news. So he needs a bigger push, and Jesus gives him a bigger push to his understanding by giving this parable. There's two men that owe money. And it's a huge amount of money. Denarius, we're told, is a coin worth a, worth a day's wages. And what was it? It's like one owed him 500, 500 days. That's, that's a, over a year's salary. And the other 50, even 50 days of work. Still big, big debts. And the story is told so that Jesus can ask the question, well, both debts, both debts are cancelled. Who would love more? And Simon said, well, I guess teacher, the, the one who had a bigger debt cancelled. I tell you how many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little, loves little. Simon, you're forgiven by me. This woman is forgiven by me. (laughs) 
It's about God's grace. It's about mercy. Do you know, the more you and I become aware of our sins forgiven, the more we become aware of God's grace, and that it's by grace through faith that we're saved, the more we see other people, other human beings, in a different light. And when we are not showing mercy to others in the community, in the church, we have not understood really what Jesus is all about. That challenges me. If I'm serious about being a Christ follower, I've got to get this. If I'm a Christ follower, I need to put into practice what he has taught. And in a sense, we sang the song, Christ the solid rock I stand. Christ is a rock in that sense. But in his teaching, he says the rock isn't just hearing my words. The foundation, the rock foundation is hearing my words and putting them into practice. Hearing my words, not putting them into practice, is building your life on sand. So I don't know about you, but I want to build my life on rock. Listen and put into practice the teaching of Christ. The church is all over the country, we're all coming out of lockdown, whatever that is, in that sense. And there's been loads of things being floated. Well, what do we do differently? Well, every congregation answers that itself, and some things that go back straight to doing the same as they ever did. And But our experience in the last few months does challenge us, well, maybe we need to look at this and look at that. But in the Christ-following life that churches are built around, there are non-negotiables. And hearing and putting into practice the teaching of Christ is the non-negotiable. Whatever corporate identity looks like, so here the story just challenges to realise that both characters are sinners. One more obvious with their public story than the other. But both need God's mercy, both need God's grace, and God in flesh is offering it to both. The Saviour forgives. So far as the East is from the West, so far have I removed your sins from you. Psalm, that's from the Psalms. Psalm 103. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Let's not leave it at that verse, Romans 3.23. What's it go on to say? But are justified freely by his grace. No, we have to leave the judgment up to God. So, a familiar story. I don't think I'm telling you anything new this morning. But I've felt I benefited from reflecting on it, and I, and I hope as we've reflected on it together, it helps you. Jesus goes on to say, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. 
So three characters this morning, the repentant woman, the critical host, a forgiving saviour. And I'm humbled just to be reminded that it's all about grace. Let's learn from the honest, loving devotion of this woman. Let's learn from the attitude of Simon and let's guard and put to death the judgmental spirit. It is of the old nature. It's not of the renewed nature. As we set our minds of being raised with Christ, we've got to clothe ourselves with love. And the garment of love doesn't give room for that garment of judgmentalism. Now above all, let's look at Jesus and with his help exemplify following him.